Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Scoopy Radio in your area code on the plane, on the train, everywhere that you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at ScoopB, Instagram and Snapchat, Scoop on the Scoop B. And make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast, available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. And Milwaukee is in the news these days. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's Friday. Um, they are down 3-2 in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals, but we don't just talk sports on Scoopy Radio. We talk politics, and on the line right now is Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. What's going on, sir? Oh, man, not too much. Uh, yeah, wishing the, the 3-2 is the other way around, but so goes it. <laughs> and, <laughs> we talk politics, and we can talk sports. I'm, I'm just happy to be on here today. Thanks for having me. Of course, and, and to stick with that sports theme, what, what's going on with the Bucks? What have you seen? I'm sure you're a basketball head. What, what have you seen? Good, bad, and ugly. Let's start from the beginning of the season. Are you surprised by how well that the Bucks did this season? Well, I'm not surprised at how well they've done this season. Like it was just a matter of putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I mean, the Bucks always had the potential, always had the talent. Not always, sorry, but in recent years, they had the talent to get this far. And now, uh, that energy's kind of been put together in, in, in a way that got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And you know, first two games, the Bucks were balling, but they didn't come alive until second, uh, till second half. And I, this what was a game four, I should say. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, going to overtime, losing by two points. I think that took a lot of wind out of ourselves. But mm-hmm. I, I still think I still have hope. I'm holding out hope for Milwaukee, uh, not just the team, but the city in general. And I, I think that uh, we, we still have what it takes. We, yeah, this is yeah, this must show up. Uh, unfortunately, it, it's a lot of pressure that comes with being the best player in the NBA and having 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 so much. Uh, having so much fall all on you as as a player. And I get it, he's still a young guy, but I do still think he has what it takes. I think we'll I think we're gonna pull this one off. Mandela Barnes on the line with Scoopy Radio. Man, I take you're born and raised in Milwaukee, correct? Yeah, born and raised in City Milwaukee. Well l- listen man, I, I take it back to uh you and I are around the same age. I turned thirty four on Tuesday. You you and I are in the same bracket. Um uh, Todd Day, uh 
Blue oh, Edwards. Man. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Blue Edwards. I mean, even as a hip-hop guy, hearing that Jada Kiss line, y'all scared I can tell because I'm going to get bucks like Milwaukee because like Sam, I can like tell. There you go. I mean, you as a you were a long-standing Bucks fan, correct? Oh, of course. I got a tie day basketball card to wear. Shut up. Yeah, man. I, I say I, I got a, I got a good story for you at some point if uh, if you want to take it there. Tell me, man. This was uh 2015 or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, when we did the groundbreaking for the new arena, mm-hmm. and we had a press conference. And after the press conference, I was around Herb Cole. And her pole started signing people's autographs. And I'm like, oh, well, they must want her pole's autographs to be, you know, politician. And so I'm standing by her pole. He starts signing autographs. And people are like, can we get your autograph? I'm like, ah, I don't want your autograph. I'm just a state rep. And it was like, <laughs> I, I, this was the thought that was going through my head. But there was so much going on at the time. Everything was nonstop. So I saw her pole sign autographs. So I started signing autographs. I think and I know where this is going. And I signed some autographs, man. And 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 by the time I was looking at it, and somebody handed me a basketball card, and I had to, I just had to sign it. And I looked, and it was a Michael Red card. <laughs> and so all these people thought I was Michael Red. But at this point, I'm like 12 signatures in, and so I couldn't stop. I had to keep going. <laughs> and uh, eventually, I was able to get myself out of there. Somebody had a piece of the old Mecca floor that I signed. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the post about it. When it. I put a Facebook post about it, uh, you know, when it happened, just to, you know, just to clear the air, to let people know I didn't do this for any analysis. You know, when you were telling me the story, I thought you, I've looked at your picture, and to me, you look a little bit like Jabari Parker. Ah, uh, well, it's Jabari Parker that I hear, so. <laughs> I know, I know. So I was like, mm, maybe he's talking about somebody else. Scoopy Radio Online with Mandela Barnes. You are the first African-American lieutenant governor in Milwaukee, correct? Uh, uh, in the state of Wisconsin, yeah. In the state of Wisconsin, excuse me. What does that mean for the burden of representation? Do you feel that pressure? I mean, there's definitely a pressure that comes along with it. Can't ignore that by any means. Uh, but I, I'll say, you know, I spoke at my high school's graduation, and, you know, I went to Marshall High School. Mm-hmm. An overwhelming majority uh, black school, and for uh, you know, students that go there, it's not a whole bunch of examples uh, for mm-hmm. them, uh, as there are in other places. And you know, to the extent that I can, like, hey, look, you can start here, you can go anywhere. I, I think that's where I get a lot of where, where there's a lot of value in, in, in being the first uh, African American to hold this hold this position. Uh, currently, the youngest lieutenant governor in the nation as well. Uh, and, and this is a, a space where young people don't particularly occupy in general. Mm-hmm. You know, 18 to 35 year olds are probably the least reliable voting block according to, according to, just according to data, according to the numbers of registered voters and people who actually show up to vote. Uh, so recognizing you know, where we need to be more effective, uh, conversations that we need to be having in communities of color and with uh, younger voters, uh, I feel that you know, we're able to help, and I can't do it all on my own, but sure. to the extent that I can help close as many gaps as possible, you know, I, I'm, I'm just honored to be in that position to do so. You, uh, we talked before we got on, we talked about just, um, obviously your story, um, community organizer, you know, I'm a Christian, so, you know, to me, Jesus Christ himself was a community organizer before he became a leader. Um, when I look at today's 
politician. Uh, obviously, Cory Booker is somebody I know, somebody that I've been around since he was the mayor of New York, New Jersey. You're young. You're a person of color. Um, obviously, the, the old guard of politicians has changed um, where, you know, there were people who ran, didn't get necessarily were successful in, in running. They were civil rights leaders who became politicians. But in your case, this is something that you that you've obviously thought about doing, wanting to do and more. Um, I guess as a minority and a politician, what made you decide that this is this this level of, of servanthood is something you wanted to do? Yeah, and uh, back to the Jesus part, he's a, a socialist community organizer. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. <laughs> um, I mean that in, in the most flattering way. Uh, sure. But, you know, going from organizing issues we were working on, uh, jobs and economic development, education, immigration reform, and uh, treatment instead of prison, those are issues that were impacted at the state level. And I saw an opportunity to run for a seat in the state legislature uh, seven years ago. And I took that opportunity. I, I went for it. Uh, we were successful the first time around. And, uh, you know, working in state government as a legislator and then after my time in the legislature going to work for uh, a policy organization, I felt uh, I felt like I want to be a, a part of, a, of, a, of an even bigger picture. And so running statewide was something that was it had been appealing to me for some time. But, like, I never knew if that risk was possible. And I, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, the race that I won. The reason why I wasn't in the legislature anymore is because I ran for state senate, and that was unsuccessful. And it was a risk that I took to run for that seat. And having, you know, lost that race, coming back, you know, making the decision of whether to run for a lieutenant governor or run for state for statewide office or not, I thought to myself, you know, is it worth taking a risk? And you know, I felt like it was always worth taking a risk. So why not? Why not go for this? You know, if I. And it's not like, you know, there's a lot of emotion and energy and money that goes into running the campaign. Uh, but I felt like, you know, you didn't, you weren't, you weren't successful last time. And that is sort of what gave me the motivation to try for something even bigger. And we did it. And the time off away from, you know, being in elected office helped me, uh, personally, it helped me grow, helped me learn more, uh, meet new people and, you know, really think about how how can be most effective? Should be ready on the line with men Lawrence talking about politics. Why is decriminalization of marijuana so such a big big deal uh, in today's society? Do you, do you, are you for you against it? Where do you tote the line between that? Yeah, I mean, even my time in the legislature I, on, on April twentieth, two thousand fifteen, I introduced a, a bill to decriminalize marijuana, and was the co-author of a bill for full legalization. And I think people are finally starting to come around uh, to the fact that even if they disagree with legalization, they realize that nobody should be in jail for it. Uh, and too many lives have been destroyed by by the war on drugs, and marijuana has you know, been proven to be less dangerous than alcohol. We have a huge alcohol culture here in the state of Wisconsin. We have the most lax uh, OWI laws in the country. And, you know, to think about the lives that have actually been, uh, you know, uh, put at risk or, you know, impacted in whatever way through alcohol, whether it's alcoholism or people who've lost their lives in, in, you know, in car crashes because of, you know, of the person got behind the wheel, uh, you know, you don't see these same instances when it comes to marijuana. You don't see the level of violence that's associated 
with alcohol culture as you do uh, with, with marijuana. It, it, it's much different. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's just a, like it's a, you know, some, some magic potion and we should just <laughs> like, you know, be out here celebrating it. But the fact right. is, if a person wants to use marijuana, oh, well, smoke weed. That's cool. I mean, if that's, if that's what you want to do, like, yeah, you know, we don't look at a person, you know, somebody were to go take a shot or, or like, we're like, hey, let's order some shots. You wouldn't, you wouldn't look at them all, you know, with, you wouldn't give them, uh, the sort of, um, the skepticism, or it's not looked at, it's not looked at the same way as somebody, uh, were, were to be smoking weed somewhere. Sure. Sure. Do you, when, when you pass them, do you find that, and I guess this is a, not just a question about marijuana, but as a whole, I feel like as us as millennials, You've got people who are older who are having a hard time handing over the ropes, not us taking it, but us working together. You as a young person, how difficult is it for you to get unity with folks as far as your leadership? Do they look at you that because you're young, you may not know anything? And how do you debunk that myth? Yeah, and the thing is, too, like, uh, you know, a lot of people our age come in hot, right? And they come in and, 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 you know, now, well, it's not like you have to be subservient, but like, out of frustration, right? Because we, we've seen things go on and get worse and we get frustrated. And so we want to just take the mantle. Uh, but there are some people who out there who have been doing the work or trying to do the work and, and are being effective to some degree. And personally, I like to always be a, a lifelong learner. So I like to understand what I'm getting myself into. I like to at least get the perspective of people who come before me now. At the same time, uh, a lot of times, you know, there are you know, previous generations that like to shut people out intentionally, and that's where the conflict happens. But other than that, um, I, you know, I, I approach the situation uh, as I am, you know, as I am wanting to work together to, you know, solve whatever problem, address whatever issue. Here's my question. I know that I finished, gra- I finished undergrad in 2008, um, and the recession hit. How did the recession affect your career choices right out of college? Man, um, so fortunately, uh, 2008 was not, that's when, that's when I finished college too. So, uh, okay. thing about that is, uh, luckily there was a campaign and by that time I decided that I wanted to get involved politically mm-hmm. uh, and there was a lot of money being spent. So I found a campaign job working as a field organizer. So I was able to get in there. And then I was, you know, lucky enough to end up being able to find a position when I got back to Milwaukee. It wasn't what I was looking for, but I found one. However, a little bit down the line, the recession wasn't over in a year, or the mm-hmm. impact of the recession weren't over in a year. And I ended up, uh, I always tell the story, man, how I got laid off from a job where my job was to help people find jobs. Hmm. So that is that is my testament to what the recession did uh, for, for people my age and myself, uh, personally. Scoopy Radio on the line with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes talking everything from the Milwaukee Bucks to marijuana to employment. And one thing that I, you know, I find interesting um, in talking to anyone um, is their level of, I guess, music. You know, the, the movie Brown Sugar, the question that was always asked was, when did you fall in love with hip hop? What song, what artist got you hip and, that, and you never left? Man... I can't, I can't think of a, the exact song. I mean, like one of the first ones you got is that most people around our age even remember hearing on the radio. Summertime, our fresh print. Mm-hmm. 
about Will Smith, man. Um, you know, but everything after that, I, we went, I, I was just looking for my um, for my CD collection the other day. I can't find it. And I'm actually getting a little upset about that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you, you can even say summertime about Will Smith. It just makes that just to answer that question a little more easy, easier. Yeah, that movie. Oh, excuse me. That I feel like the '90s. I think where we are as a society right now, they're trying to re- retro it, and it's like I guess maybe that makes us officially old. You know, Fresh Prince is old to the to the to the younger kids, but I feel like there's a level of substance that's still there that's not being found in the new stuff that's here. And oh, I man, feel like, and so that's the thing. Like a lot of this stuff is, and I'm not trying to hate on new music. I still listen to a lot of it, but it, it feels like it feels mass produced. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's like 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 your your, your craft cocktails, your, your craft beer versus Miller Lite or Bud Light. You know, I still drink Miller Lite, but <laughs> but that's the, and, that, and that's the thing. Like I, you know, it it, it just feels like all, a lot of this stuff sounds the same, uh, and it's and it's hard. Like I don't I don't find myself going back listening to stuff that came out two mm-hmm. or three years ago. Rarely do I. I mean, you know. Like Astro World is, is an album that's gonna last for a while. Uh, you know, you know, DS2 was an album that's gonna last for a while. Um, but it's not like a whole lot, man. It's out there that's like, oh, I'm going back to this now. It's not like 1996 or 98 in hip hop or 94 even. Yeah, I look at 99. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. It's 2019. 2019 reminds me so much of 1999 in this sense. You look at who was hot in 1999, particularly in hip-hop or R&B. You look at Mariah Carey, you look at Puff, you look at Jay. And then you look at 50. 50 was coming. If you remember the movie In Too Deep, he was on the soundtrack, the How to Rob song. And then he, yeah. they knew he yeah, was coming. I, I, I remember that. I remember my dad put me on that. What, the How to Rob? Yeah, so he used to come on, uh, used to come on the radio. On 860 used to play all the stuff here in Milwaukee back in the day. All the new rap that V100 was playing. And then... Also in 1999, I talked about this in the graduation speech. This is when Hot Boys Guerrilla Warfare came out, June 27th, mm-hmm. July 27th, 1999. I remember the exact date. I was, I was wait, I had so much anticipation about that album. Wow, Scooby Radio on the line with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. I would imagine that you got your name Mandela from Nelson Mandela, correct? This is true. What do you respect most about him? Hey. Perseverance, like way more, you know, patience than you know than, than I definitely have. There's no way I could spend, you know, 27 years in jail. And I, I think about that too. I was 27 years old when he died. Uh, so to think, like up to that point, like he had been in jail for that long, like, and I, I just I, I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine coming out him and you know and being able to lead with the with the you know sense of you know bringing in people who had wronged him in that way to that degree. I and mean, of course, sometimes you got to work for some people that done you wrong. And that's why I put you in jail for 27 years. You know, I mean, it's different. And to be able to come out and uh, do what he did and you know, be elected the first black president of South Africa, that is you know, that's just quite remarkable. Barack Obama talked often about bipartisanship. You as a politician, does that exist? Man, so that's the thing. Bipartisanship could exist, but there's only, you know, I, I feel like there's only, the call for bipartisanship is only comes from one side or to truly act in a bipartisan way. 
Uh, I mean, look at issues like Medicaid expansion in Wisconsin, where 70% of the people agree that we should expand Medicaid. That should be a clear opportunity for bipartisanship. Mm-hmm. Yet, uh, that's not the case. You you only see, you know, my party, uh, you only see our administration, our legislators who are part of our party, who are pushing for Medicaid expansion. It's the right thing for us to do, uh, but they're playing out old, silly political games. Do you think that that will change? You, we talk about young people coming in. Do you think it's going to take? Do you think that if people in our generation come in and start running things, that that belief or that old school way of thinking will still be there? Or do you think there will be legitimate change, whether you're Republican or Democrat? I honestly don't have an answer to that question. I really don't, because there are some young people in the legislature, and they just some of them are just bad ones that are twice their age. <laughs> No, that's, that's yeah. I, 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 I would like to think that's the case, but I, I, I can't say I can't say for certain that that's just the the, the short answer. If you were the Milwaukee Bucks coach for a day, what would you change in their in their system to win the next two games? Man, you know, it, 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 I, I would emphasize just starting up, coming in high, and not letting up. You know, Giannis missed a lot of free throws last game too, which was mm-hmm. which didn't help. That took a lot of momentum out as well. When you were growing up, did you see yourself in politics? What did you actually want to be before you decided you wanted to be uh, in politics? Yeah, there was some interest in politics. Uh, you know, I can't say that I knew for sure that I wanted to. Uh, and honestly, growing up, there are a lot of things I wanted to be. Playing football is <laughs> one of them. Playing football is one thing. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't necessarily know what the, what the one thing that I wanted to do was when I was when I was growing up, you know, when I went to college, I studied broadcast journalism, wanted to do TV or radio. When you look at President Obama and what he was able to do, and in a lot of respects being a trailblazer, do you think that there will ever be someone that will look like him that will occupy that space again? And would it be you? So in, in every respect, he's a trailblazer. And I, I do think that that will happen. Uh, I don't know when because we really couldn't have predicted him, uh, to be honest with you. And I, uh, I, am, I, I, I can't say that that person is me. I am definitely not willing to say that. Uh, I don't even know that I would want to stress. Like, it's, it's stressful enough being a lieutenant governor. I don't know if I would deal with the stress of being a president. Or even, like, the idea of president is amazing and awesome. And I think that almost anybody who, you know, runs for any public office at some point, that is somewhere in their mind, uh, but the process of becoming a president is something that will make any most sane people run away. Doing some research on you, um, I read just the amount of, I guess, protection you have and the amount of attention that you have. What is the biggest adjustment in that that, is, that there's been for you? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of attention, uh, you know. You know, wherever you go, it's like free time is not a, a real thing anymore. Personal time is, is not a real thing unless I am just in my own place or, you know, in somewhere private, like at my friend's house or something. Sure. Uh, so that's probably the biggest adjustment. You know, when I was a state rep, I could still go places. I could still you know, just do things. But it's, it's a little bit different, um, especially at a time like this where we're working on the state budget and things are very tense. People... People want to stop and talk about policy if you're in a if you're at a coffee shop. So you got always you're, you're always on. Are you a gamer? I don't game as much anymore. I'm looking at my dusty Xbox 360 right now. 
<laughs> I guess that throws any NBA 2K questions out the window. I know, man. I, I wish. I, I want to get back into it. I, I promise, man. I, I will buy a new system one day. I need to take my mind off of things. Well, I tell you what. I'm on the 2K game. I'm on my player. And Earl Arms, I'm going to make sure that they that they take care of you. We got to get All you right. playing some games. I got I took care of Earl over there. They got to get you set up so you play some 2K. So you, while you focus on the budget, you can focus on taking your mind off of it, too. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> Before we let you go, the best piece of advice that you've received in your lifetime that you still apply to, to today? Man, the best piece of advice I've probably received is that you know, it's just like things are just not always going to go your way. And I don't know how it was said for me, but that was the gist of it. Is that, you know, you go bump into some, some, some circumstances that you didn't, that you never anticipated. But it's how you deal with those circumstances and how you adjust in those situations. You got to always be, be flexible and willing and ready to adapt. I like it, sir. It's Friday. Enjoy your holiday. And, um, Thank you so much for joining Scoopy Radio. It's always a, a breath of fresh air when you can find someone who's not just in politics, but someone that's relatable to you. Hey, yeah, man. Same to you. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon. Scoopy Radio. Oh Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 